Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this Philadelphia Phillies special edition of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Matty D and myself do a deep dive on the Philadelphia Phillies first half of the 2018 season. And when I say deep dive, I mean a deep, deep dive. We look at everyone on the team. We hand out awards, our MVPs, our top pitchers, our best rookies, best moments, biggest surprises, the best guys we think that we can get in trades, especially after losing out on Manny Machado. We give some predictions. It was a ton of fun to record. If you are a Philadelphia Phillies fan, this is the right podcast to be listening to as the second half post-All-Star break is about to start on Friday night. If you are not a Phillies fan, this might not be the podcast for you. We are very pro Phillies on this. If you are a fan of a different team, go check out the previous podcast that myself and Greg Piatelli recorded where we handed out our first half awards to everyone across Major League Baseball. But if you are a Phillies fan, buckle up. Like I said, this was a lot of fun to record. We answered some fan questions. So if you have any other questions that you want us to hear and answer, please shoot us a DM. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Leave us a review on iTunes, The Bullpen Cart, five-star reviews only. Find us on Stitcher, all that good stuff. But again, this is a ton of fun to record. I'm really excited to hear what you guys thought. And here we go. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. With me for this Philadelphia Phillies special edition is my man, Matty What's up, buddy? Well, just got through a great All-Star weekend. Week, weekday, week, but yeah. Week, but All-Star Break. week. All-Star, All-Star week Break. here. Um, although, for the first time in a long time, for reasons that have nothing to do with their performance on the field, I'm a little bummed out for my Phillies right now. I know we're going to get into it momentarily, but the All-Star game was incredible, I want to say. I mean, one of the best games ever, record-setting, 10 home runs. 10 home runs. Walk-off home run. Yeah. Well, on the other side. Right. I know, but still. I mean, a Go great, ahead. Great run. game. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah. Excuse me. Go yeah. ahead. Home run. And a starting pitcher, J.A. Happ, former Philly, might come up later in this show, by the way. Possibly. Getting a save. Yeah. Which is pretty wild as well. It is pretty wild. So, I mean, I think it was pretty cool. It's but To me, I, it, it goes head-to-head with the NHL for best All-Star game. I'm not a fan of, obviously, the NFL and the Pro Bowl. And not really a fan of what the NBA puts on the floor because I don't want to watch a game where there's no defense. I think it's better than the NHL. It's The NHL's done a good job with the 3-on-3, three three, but I still think the MLB All-Star game right. has done a lot better. Yeah. Especially the fact that this is during a time, obviously, when none of the other sports are going on. The World Cup just ended. Yeah. Two, Wimbledon just ended. So nothing else is going on. But they made a point to make the HRD, Home Run Derby, must-see TV. And the game itself has always been good. Even when it mattered, it was too intense. Nobody was having fun. They made a point to show that you can have fun playing baseball. There's a lot of about the marketing of players and all that. These last two days certainly show at least the fact that they're letting him do this because they're on social media is bullshit that they won't show highlights. Letting their players at least bring cell phones on the field is... That was the awesome. opposite of n- yeah. old man yells at cloud. 
Right. And I mean, the other cool thing I thought was putting the mics and the guys in the outfield. I mean, I, maybe they've done that in years past, but this yeah, first time, I think this is the second that's year. That's so done cool it. to yeah. talk to they a guy in the mid inning. Right. They're asking Bryce Harper about the difference between playing in center versus like like right field and the sight lines. When yeah. do you ever have that kind of a discussion with a player that you hear on? I mean, they may have him in the clubhouse when there's an error, but you know, on the field that costs a game. But really, and that's really a cool conversation to have. And but once again, yes, it's a little less intense than it maybe have been a decade ago. But Aaron Nola touched 96 with a fastball. Like you know, he was out there gunning for for you know for something big. Like these guys yeah. care a lot. Also. You can't tell me that every single starting pitching pitcher that was put out there wouldn't make a great closer. Oh, yeah. Right? One inning of work with this, with most of these guys' stuff, it blows you away by how talented they would be as as closers. It also maybe there's something. Maybe at the end of their careers, they should be thinking about making a transition to a couple years as a closer. Closer, excuse me. I mean, would Roy Holiday have lasted a couple years longer if, with that filthy stuff that he had as well, a closer? I'm glad you bring bring it up, and we probably are going to bring this up later, but. Brett Myers talked about this on the Phillies doc that came out this past weekend of talking about moving to the closer and really liking it. It seems like something that a lot of these guys, especially the hard-throwing guys, really do enjoy. So. Yeah. yeah, and it, lo- it creates a longer career for you because exactly. you're not getting the same wear and tear on your body as a starting pitcher. Obviously, more money as a starting pitcher, yeah. although not necessarily more glory as a starting pitcher. Certainly. Because I remember Brad Lidge throwing the last strike. Right, I, I you know, I mean, once again, I mean, that's the lasting image of the 08 team. Exactly, and yeah. that's the closer. So, yeah. and you can get paid as we found out with Jonathan Palbabon, you can get paid quite a bit of money for being an elite closer in this league. Well, it's such a, there's such a premium on it now. And right. Well, well, I'm sure we're going to get into this yeah. on a later subject on the Phillies. We have a number of different topics that my man Matty D has come up with. Matty D, what do we have first? First thing we're gonna do is like we're gonna call them four thoughts. So yeah. the two of us got a couple thoughts in the Phillies at yeah. the first half of the season. I know we're a little past the first, the, technically the halfway point. Yeah, we're 95 games in, but it's right. the All Star break, so it's the midway point. Right, and at this baseball's still gonna call it the second half. Yeah, and I get after that. Tomorrow, and I get that after tonight. So essentially, four thoughts on the team, high level here. Yeah. Um, and my first thought would be the fact that, and this is probably the one that we've talked, you hear a lot about on any talk radio you listen to, uh, and even just conversations is. The continued lack of attendance and the continued lack of at least what appears to be loyal fan support. What I mean by that is this is a town that's gotten up this past year for the for the Eagles, for the Sixers, right? Always been compared to other towns, a big hockey town. Yeah. And yeah, the Flyers always right. do well too. And in the well. past decade or two, it's always been a big Phillies town, yet there's not a lot of buzz about this team. Yeah. Not a lot of people want to appear to be going to games. And it's not dominating talk waves that we're leading the NL East, which could be another thought, but we'll get that to a second. So I So there's a couple things that you mentioned. One is attendance, which I thought about this and and the Phillies doc kind of painted in a good picture of how long the attendance streak the Phillies have the longest major league baseball sellout streak. It went from two thousand nine to two thousand twelve. After they won the World Series so think about this. They won the World Series and they still weren't selling out Citizens Bank Park until I think it was May 2009. So the first first month after you win a championship until – and it's understandable. The 09 team was great. They made the World Series. 2010 probably should have. 11 definitely should have. Yep. And then 12 had their ups and downs and ultimately it turned out it was going to be a down year. August, they traded away a number of different players including the recently acquired Hunter Pence – Long-time fan favorite Shane Victorino. The streak ends. So, 
whether or not it's a radio we'll get to in a second, whether or not it's a respect thing. I mean, a big aspect of being someone from Pennsylvania or South Jersey, a typical Phillies fan, is going down the shore. I think right. a lot of this is that at the beginning of the year, you're planning your summer out when you're buying your Phillies tickets. If you're a season ticket holder, you might hold on to them and then find somebody to go, or you decide you want to stay. That's obviously a little more, a little closer to the date if you want to see this team that's must-watch TV, which they may or may not be right now. They're winning the division, but at the same time, we'll talk about how they're getting into games. My point being is that they weren't expected to do very well. They are doing incredibly well, but they weren't expected to. Right. So people at the beginning of the year, when they're buying tickets, are thinking, oh, it might be worth more, worth more to go down the shore this summer. And now, oh, look, they're leading the division, but mm-hmm. whatever. The other is radio. And I think this speaks more to just what I, we were kind of getting at before of how the NFL and the NBA have done such a good job of turning their sports into year-long sports. The NBA especially over, has become well, a 12 the sport. Over the past probably five years. Five years the, good. Right. the NFL the past always five has years, been king. Right, but the, the NBA, NBA has done an amazing job, whether it's marketing, public relations. like They are year-round now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I think that's a big part of it too because ESPN was doing everything and anything that they could to make the summer league as big as the finals. And it's rookies and sophomores playing in this thing. The N- the NFL, there's OTAs, there's mini camps, there's camp that's about to start. So there's all these different things. There are free agents, there are trades that are in the, the rumor mill. No is draft. Got- as good as the NBA draft is, the NFL draft oh, is king. Is, is king. I mean, Absolutely it's, it's, it's king. amazing. Three wow. days. Yeah. It's a three-day draft. And they get ratings all three days. Yeah. 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 Ratings, attendance, boom. Yeah. I mean... So, in a town where the Eagles just won the Super Bowl, the Sixers finally realized the process. I mean, they acknowledged this. The Phillies did that. The Eagles and Sixers zapped a lot out of it. Yeah. So I, I think it's. I think it's a little bit. Of, uh, I think fans are a little tired. Yeah. Right? I mean, went and the Flyers lot. made the playoffs too. Yeah, you so, went I mean, through a lot. You're right. Yeah. Although I do think, it, it, I think it's picking up a little bit. It's starting to. Right. I think September is going to be a really good month for the Phillies. I think they're going to hang on to it. We're going to get to what we think is going to happen. Yep. But I think they're going to hang on to it, and I think we're going to see September have really good attendance because I think these guys, with the trust the prospects, which is the the in-joke the Phillies have had for a number of years with the Sixers, I think we're going to see September as a very fun month, especially with that 40-man team. No, I, yeah. Guys have been shuffling through and all that, Mitch Walding, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. It'll be, be a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my second thought, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. We're leading the NL East. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and 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 by the way, we're leading the NL East, and we're we're essentially tied because our losses are the same as the Braves. But we're leading the NL, NL East, and it's us and the Braves at the top, while the Nationals have sh- have scuffled a little bit. Although I'm not saying they're not out of it by any means. No, they're five and a half games right. out. Right, and the the Mets who started out hot have just collapsed. We were just talking about this. <laughs> you were saying the Marlins are basically purposely trying to lose games, right? And, and they the have Mets. a better record. Well, they're, the, Met, the Marlins have played four more games, have two more wins and two more losses. So they're even in games back. Yeah. But that's a win percentage of 418 versus 415. And I would even dare to say on that same train there that not only are we leading the NL East, but, and, I, and I will get to something that just happened recently in baseball, but we, there's no clear-cut super team here. No. Uh, and we, we're going to talk about it a little bit deeper, but there, with there being no clear-cut super team, 
it's 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 unlike the AL where you just expect. Although I mean, honestly, AL I might have four super teams because the Indians, as we talked about before the season, are a really good baseball team. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, you know, yes, the Cubs have a lot of talent. The Brewers have a lot of talent. You can't forget about them. Obviously, with what just happened today, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks have some players, but none of those teams make you go, we can't beat them. And this is baseball. So anything can happen, as we saw in, in, in 2011 and, and a, few, you know, a few years before that with all of our pitching talent, doesn't guarantee you anything. No. So it's amazing that we're in the NL East. Obviously, I'd like our run differential to be a little bit better, but no. it's amazing that we're in the NL East. No. So, yeah, that was my, my big two thoughts. No. Um, so I have some that are a little more critical. Okay. One is defense. The defense has been abysmal. We can talk about the bullpen and all that, and uh-huh. but the defense I think has been much more in the for- is much more of a problem in the bullpen, and that's my second thought is the bullpen and kind of leads into more topics. But the defense needs to figure out what they're doing. They're third worst in the National League in terms of fielding percentage. As good as Jorge Alfaro has been gunning down guys, and I'm not saying get another catcher because Jorge is the future. Yeah. He is absolutely the future. And Andrew Knapp has done a lot of great things too. If you just keep those two on the team, I would be more than happy. Andrew Knapp is a great catcher. Jorge Alfaro is an awesome catcher. But they both have their series of pass blocks. Uh The pitchers throw wild pitches, and sometimes they can't hold on to it. Um... Carlos Santana's been pretty good. He's had a couple errors, especially recently. But then the rest of the team, especially the rest of the infield, has been really spotty. Mm -hmm. And J.P. Crawford's coming back soon, so we'll see how he fits back into this roster. And he's been a better defensive shortstop than Scott Kingery has. Kingery leads the team in errors. Nine errors to start the year. Kingery's had a very, very rough year. But by the way, he's not a shortstop. He's not a shortstop. He's a second baseman. That's the problem I have with that. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know what the solution is here, and we'll get to this in a little bit. Yeah. But like, I know why. First of all, Crawford's injury is obviously affecting this. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know where they have a block. They have a yeah. gap. They have, and the other problem is. Yeah. And I want to just quickly add this that, you know, well maybe the first baseman Carlos Santana, who I think has been great, and I didn't love his signing. You know why? Because it blocked somebody else from playing first base. Not yeah. Kingery. Reese. Not Franco. Reese. And Reese's defensive wear, uh, a war, wow, wear, war is negative 2.2. He, is, he has the worst defensive war on the team. No. Wins above replacement. So he is costing us runs and plays as – and that's not his fault sure. because he's not an outfielder by trade. They're, they're plugging him in that hole because they can. So we're going to come back to Reese, and I have a really good thought on that. So I'm going to table that. No, go. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Uh, or – not keep going, keep listening to you, the listener. Uh, my other thought is, you kind of touched on it, and I'm going to sit, we'll just go to the bullpen later. My other thought is, kind of building off of yours with the team being so good, that I think that us with the trade market, we're in uncharted waters. Obviously, we just had the position that we had where Manny Machado, literally an hour before we started recording this, the trade to the Dodgers went official. It was reported last night to be a thing and now is official to the Dodgers for five different prospects. But I think the Phillies kind of thought they'd be floating around 500. The Nationals would be starting to run away with it. And I think on the on Kingery, they thought they could possibly ship out C- Cesar 
almost called him Caesar, like they did with Freddie Galvis, and get some prospects for it, and then move Canary back for the second half of the season to his natural position. Now, I don't know what they end up doing if they package Cesar Hernandez for a reliever, if they get him for this, that, the other thing. I mean, we can talk about that more in, in sort of his impact on the team, and I'm sure we will. But I think the fact of where the Phillies are in terms of trades and where they go forward, which you also have a fan question about that, and we actually have a, a subject, our trade baits, which we'll get to. But I think the fact that we're in this almost uncharted waters position that we didn't think we were going to get to just yet in the Matt Clintock regime, it's, an, it's a fun place to be in, but it's definitely something where there's a lot more thought and a lot more work being done behind the scenes than we think of than just losing out on Manny Machado. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, but well, I mean, I, and I'll alter that lens slightly is the fact that we're, we're thinking about being buyers in this case. Exactly. That's what I mean. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Being I buyers, mean, rather, we thought we were going to be, be sellers. sellers. Yeah. The uncharted waters being buyers. Yeah. Now, the positive is because of the depth we've created both at the major and minor league level, we have assets. Like, you almost consider selling your, like, trading your starting second baseman all year. Yeah. Most teams would consider that being a seller, right? Yeah. At the deadline. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But in this case, you're selling young players across the roster because other than, like, Carlos Santana, Majority of your roster is super young, yeah. right? So it's 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 an uncharted waters. It, it it's good in this yeah. case. The only hard part is okay. You have Hernandez, who has proven himself to an extent, right? You have Kingery, Crawford, Frank. You, you're basically trying to figure out who to sell because they're not going to be good exactly. in the future. That's the hard part here, yeah. and that's that's why these guys are getting paid big money to make the right move because yeah, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Now we do know what has happened. And so the next area we want to touch on is we're going to give some awards out for the first half of the year for the Phillies. Did yeah. I miss? Sorry, did I cut you off there or something? No, no, no. Okay. I gave my fourth. No, my go, third go, go. and fourth thought. Yeah, I thought so. No, I just wanted to make four, sure. Four, four thoughts. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we well, gave them fifth, out last. Well, by the way, fifth thought. Yeah, we're cheating a little bit. Well, but well, but fifth thought is the wiffle ball field. Oh, the yard. The yard. We get to a game. Yeah. You got to go down. You got to go check it out. You're missing out. And by the way, we were this close to that for Jordan Palooza eight. Yeah. That's real relatable for me, but but if you. But it, for some reason, you've forgotten this fact. That that ballpark is already fantastic. Yeah. So go down for a summer. You know, look, don't go in ninety degree weather. Wait till it gets a little warmer. Okay. A lot of good beer too. We can get to that. Oh beer. my god. We'll, 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 we can close with that. Anyway, I digress. So my first category here, and and I can yeah, let we you gave them out last night. And yeah. the, reg, the regular rest of the MLB pod. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out after this one. You probably did. So welcome to the second one. Uh, Re welcome, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah. We're going to start with MVP. Who do you got? I, I To me, it, 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 well, there's, there's a couple options here. And I'm going to, by the way, this is, a, I'm going batting only in this case. Because sure. I know theoretically, because quite frankly, the guy that we're both going to pick in the next category probably be could be considered the MVP as well. Right. Um, so because they won't let Carson Wentz put on a Phillies jersey because he'd be my MVP. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, El, El Torito. I'm going to have to go with the Dubo Herrera to me. Yeah. And I think easy. you'd probably agree with that. Pretty statement. easy to right. do that. Yeah. Um, he's only batting 275, although he started off the season much hotter than that. Yeah. 16 home runs. Uh, does lead the team in hits. Does not lead the team in RBIs or on base percentage, by the way. Um, but also has been has been okay. Uh, he's been good enough in the outfield. He's made some really good plays out there. He, he is a center fielder. Um, have to be impressed with that. He's a couple RBIs behind another guy, Reese Hoskins. So with 52, he's got. And this is Herrera has got 52. Um, on base percentage at 327. Uh, so I, to me, 
he's been the MVP, and he's also stepped up in some big moments for us. Oh, sure. And, and some big needed home runs. Um, I think he should have been an all-star. I understand the fan voting system, but to me, you know, nothing against the guy, but he should, I mean, Bryce Harper is not, you're starting, you know, sure. Herrera should have been an all-star, in my opinion, this season. Although, although the batting average has tailed off. So that's my MVP, and I'm assuming we're on the same page there. So, for the sake of picking other players, I would yeah. normally be that he'd be the top billing. But I'm going to go with Reese. Makes sense. I mean, you made a point of Oduble stepping up in go-ahead home runs, go-ahead RBIs. Basically, Reese has 14 home runs. And at one point, I think it was his, by the time he hit his, I think all of 14, I think 12, I think his 13th was when it finally broke that 12 of his 14 home runs have either been game-tying or game, like, lead-taking home runs. The guy steps up in the clutch. By the way, he had a shit May, and then he broke his jaw. Right. Missed nine days, ten days, because it was the DL. Mm -hmm. But comes back, tears it up in the rest of June, in the beginning of July. Leads the team in RBI now with 56. 14 home runs. 51 walks. The guy's a 252 average, a 363 on base percentage, only trailing Odubel Herrera, Michael Franco, Cesar Hernandez, and our guy. Or no, he's, he's beating Carlos Santana. Uh, actually, he's beating Cesar as well in on base percentage. And then a slugging percentage. You, um, wait, you have him, I have him just below Hernandez. I was reading. Fuck it. I was reading slugging percentage, not on. That's what I thought. That's all right. Could, yeah. Go on. Yep. But he still, is a, okay. He's doing very well. No, I agree. His OPS plus. Stupid baseball reference highlighting the wrong thing when I press it. Um, his OPS plus is one twenty one, the best on the team, which is just another another measure of sort of a of a good measure of hit ability. One hundred usually. The average that you want to look at. For instance, Odubel's at 110. Cesar's at 107, as is Franco. Reese is at 121. Uh, I mean, the, what else can you say about the guy? 21 doubles leads the team in that. He's always good for a pretty clutch hit. And by the way, he has not hit a home run in the month of July yet. So he's second, yeah, that's second a very on good the teams point. in home runs. And he's and by the way, I mean, I mean, he hit a bunch of home runs a couple nights ago. But yeah. he's second on the team. Like, to me, uh, tied with Santana and, and one above Franco, a couple above Herrera. So he's doing just fine, and I expect that that trend to change. And as he continues to play and get more comfortable, I mean, the expectation is... that needle mask. Right. The expectation is he's just going to get better and better as season goes on. Yes, sir. What the positive is, unlike our boy, Don Brown, he's not a fluke. That's my big thing with him. Well, the thing I was going to get I was concerned about that, but go ahead. Was when you talked about changing positions, even more so than Don Brown, I was afraid putting him in, in the outfield was going to turn him into Darren Ruff, oh, who was a okay. first baseman that the Phillies moved to the outfield because of Ryan Howard. And then that shook his confidence. This was in AAA, but then when he finally got to the Phillies, he was a shell of the player that, that we had seen in the minor leagues mm-hmm. and never could never could compete. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. good on him that he's still doing really well. Obviously, he could be a lot better defensively. But but he's not necessarily ever going to be... First of all, he's never going to be an elite defensive outfielder. He no. probably fits better at first base. He's probably going to move back to first base. When Santana leaves. Which is, and I, I get that. I think he's through next year and then he has a player option for the third year. 
because of how they paid him so much money up front. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yep. The um, next category we have here, and I, I think this is this might be. I don't even want you to it's pick the easiest a award. I don't right. even want you to pick a different one because okay. we, we have something specifically for this. The Cy Young of the Phillies. It's easy. Aaron Nola. Yeah. We saw him last night. Cole Hamels Jr. With the hair and, and the look. Anyway, that's my opinion. We saw him last night. Two strikeouts, nearly three. One of them is on Mookie Betts, the outright MVP of both leagues. Dummy him. And then you nearly dummy Mike Trout. And you make him foul out, which I gave Greg a lot of shit on because he's yeah. a big uh, Mookie stan against Mike Trout. Shouldn't have won two years ago on VP. So Don't even Mike go Trout, there. We, we wanna, I Maybe me and Greg need to have this conversation. Yeah. Okay, Mike Trout fouled out. Mookie struck out against Nola. Uh-oh. Who's better? Mike Trout. He got the, he got the piece. Don't even get me. This is a Philadelphia-only podcast. Although he is a New Jersey native. And 2021, he will be a Philadelphia Philly. Because he's coming back home, yeah. baby. But don't even get you me know, started. You saw he, he cheered on Reese during the home run derby. I tweeted out. No. I, Trout no, to yeah. the Phillies confirmed. Oh, it's confirmed. It's, it's confirmed. confirmed now. It's confirmed. confirmed now. Best player in baseball. Uh-huh. Will never change. Should be the, He's like LeBron James, but without the marketing. He should be the MVP every year, but we have to get some other people to make it feel better. So maybe uh-huh. he gets it this year. Anyway. Glad we just hijacked it. But yeah, Aaron Sorry. Nola. Sorry. I had to have a piece. Aaron Nola from New Orleans, Louisiana, went to LSU. Not in New Why Orleans, Louisiana. Why don't we call him the Big Easy? I don't know. I guess Ernie well, Els. He likes the Philadelphia golf courses, so I guess Ernie Els took it. Fuck off. Ernie anyway. Els is from South Africa. No offense. You know, we, yeah. we got bigger things to It's from. okay. Nola, 12-3, and three, an ERA. We talked about this last night. He was my Cy Young of the NL for the first half of the season. ERA, though, of... Where? Oh, there it is. 230. He has 20 games pitched and 129 innings pitched. Only let up 91 hits, 35 walks. That's a whip of .977. Mentioned the ERA .30. The guy is so clutch. He even had a shit start against the Marlins. He did a couple days ago. Yeah. And Bummed he's about still it, awesome. 131 strikeouts. He has a balk on the season. He, might, he has <laughs> one of three balks that the Phillies have. Uh, the other two being Hobie Milner, the 27-year-old, and Zach Curtis, the rookie. So, yeah. fun, fun fact there. Well, I, I think to me, and I, he's my Cy Young too for us. Obviously, if you're the top three in the race anyway with guys like Scherzer, you've got to be the Cy Young of the Phillies. No. Um, it's the quality start, 16. That's big. Six over the next guy who we'll talk about at some point here. Um, he's giving you quality innings every time he walks out. So, 20... Of his six, 16 of his 20 starts have been quality starts. Define the quality start. For is the that, uh, wait, well, see now, I want to make sure that is, is that um, six innings? Six innings. Gotcha. Three runs or less. All right, because to me, I'm a big seven inning guy because I think if you can no. get a starter to go seven, aka to me, Roy Holiday, if Holiday didn't go tw- seven innings, Holiday. Did I say Holiday? Yeah. Like Matt Holiday? Yeah. Got, yeah, okay, gotcha. No. Other player, right? Sorry, Roy Holiday, if he didn't go seven innings, I didn't consider it a quality start for his level. That's where sure. I'm getting with Noah. And here to me is the interesting thing about Noah. I just was listening to somebody talk about this. They've been they've been telling us that he was going to be a number three. That was his ceiling. Yeah. Right? That's the problem I have with people in baseball. Every sport. If you're not a highly tattered prospect and you start to do well, they still they, they put they, they try to cap you. Well, guess what? And they think they didn't think his stuff was going to be good enough. And maybe his, he didn't have enough good secondary stuff and he couldn't hold up. 
I think at this point he's busted that myth wide open. Yep. He's a true number. At this, it seems like he's a true, he's number, true number one. one. He's an ace, and he can go long. I mean, he should be going longer. And I know that Reese. I know that um, not Reese. That's the outfielder. I know that Gabe is protecting some of the younger players, and I get that. You got to go with your system. But as we get deeper into the season, they need this guy to go seven innings, eight innings. I don't sure. want to see other guys running out there for him. He needs to be, and he can do it. He's young. I, I can't stress that enough. Absolutely. No, no, no. I totally agree there. And you hit pretty much everything that you that I wanted yeah, to say yeah. on top of the stats. I mean, so we have another award because we were just so... I like this award. That's my favorite award. It's my called the Non-Nola. Instead of Cy Young, Non-Nola. Um, you want me to start for the Non-Nola? I'm nervous because if you take mine, I'm going to have to scramble here. No, you start. Go. Start. Start. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Arietta. Oh, all right, all right. Do your thing. Do you want to talk about Arietta? No, 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 no. I mean, talk about him. You picked him. You get him. 2.3 or 3.23 ERA, 7 and 6. So, I mean, kind of a victim of some of the non-run supports. The crazy thing about Arietta is that he has to be one of the best bad start rebounders. That's a lot of words there. But Arietta... I don't have the exact number of his first inning ERA, first first or and second. This guy lets up so many runs early on in the game and then just rebounds. Yeah. This guy locks it in and still able to go into the sixth inning, into the seventh inning, get a number of strikeouts, get a number of ground ball outs. And he, I mean, the guy gets people out. He's a 1.22 whip. He's... Faced 423 batters. He is the second highest innings pitch on the team. And by the way, the guy didn't make his first start until like two week, a week and a half into the season. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think the big reason that, and I'll get, uh, and I've got another guy on the list here, but I, I think the big reason for me that I would have picked him is because I know he scuffled a little bit. And no. you're right, giving up runs early in the game is, is it can impact you. I mean, really, give any point in the game, but early, especially one, first or second inning. But the, the defense behind him has really struggled. He's had, oh, yeah. I, I believe, at the time he had the most errors. Starting pitching, his fielding had given up the most errors, unearned runs. Excuse me. He was like one of the leaders in the in the National League, if not the whole league, in unearned runs as a starter. But I know we're paying him a ton of money, and that's why we're getting on his case. So the expectation is a Cy Young. The reality is, a, as a number two. That's what he's currently, is, to me, is slated at. Although there's another guy that I'm about to get to that might pass him. But as a number two, a three a 3.23 ERA is pretty darn good. I yep. think you got to take that. Absolutely. Yep. Seven and six. That six losses, I don't I don't think you can put all six on him. I just don't. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the crazy thing, too, is that he had two really bad starts against Milwaukee in June. Uh-huh. Mid to late June. That really helped to inflate that. Like, his home run numbers... His walks and all that, and just mm-hmm. didn't pitch well against a team that he's seen a number of times, and with some bats that just jumped on him, and he still has a three point two three ERA. Right, that's how good he started, by the way. Yeah. And so, you know, my expectation is he's a professional. Yeah. And he's and he's a proven track record. I know he's older. My expectation is he figures it out and he levels off. And what you basically this is what you should get is three point two three. You've exactly. seen the amazing. You've seen the worst. They usually end up somewhere in the middle, right? Everyone Water always finds its level, man. In Everyone September, knows. this guy knows how to fucking pitch down the stretch yeah. and in October. No, I got you. So I, here's the problem. So I got to pick my Cy Young. And, and not I, Nola. Not, not Nola. Nola Cy Young. You're not Nola. 
And I don't. I'm the, 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 so I got three guys left in my opinion. I'm not going to pick a reliever in this case because we'll talk about some of these relievers yeah. coming up. So uh, unfortunately, I thought he was starting out really strong, but uh, Nick Pavetta has struggled, so I can't give him on the list. And Velasquez has had his issues, and you know, including you know. So I, I'm going to take Zach Eflin. Eflin mania. Now people forget that Eflin, he is a big time prospect for us. Didn't start the year, obviously, due to some injury issues. So he doesn't have a ton. Right, he only has 12. uh, Yeah, but he only has 12 starts. But it's like a blister, right? Yeah, it's a blister. So he'll be fine. It's not terrible. Only has 12 starts. But he's 7-2, 3.15 ERA. Um, He's about 30 innings behind the uh, Pavetta and Velasquez. But 3.51 in the last few starts has been absolutely dominant. So, to me, strikeout number 67 which is only three behind Arietta. Now, I don't want to. I'm not a big. I don't. I'm not a huge believer in strikeouts because I think the more you strike a guy out, the less innings you pitch because it creates. You have to, you sure. know, great pitchers strike people out or get ground ball outs. Sure. Right. Like Arietta's ground ball pitcher. Right. You need to emphasize. And, and that. by the way, more pitchers should be ground ball pitchers. So that's how you get through. It's democratic. That's how you get through innings quickly. Strikeouts right? are fascist. Boom! 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 You know that quote, right? No, I don't know that quote. Can you oh, it's, elaborate? It's from, Bull, it's from Bull Durham. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to rewatch. Stop going for strikeouts. They're fascists. Throw more ground balls. I like it. more democratic. I like it. I like it. Um, no, but Zach Eflin, yeah. if I can jump in. No, jump in, please. You touched on the awesome starts. A couple that you need to also point out are that the Phillies, a number of times in June and a little bit at the start of July, went through some skids. Basically, the start of June and... At the end of June, that they turned to one guy to turn this around for him. And you know who that man was? Who came out when the Phillies lost multiple games in a row and dominated the opposition. Did it against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Zach Eflin. Eflin goddamn mania. This guy is 24 years old. And this guy has the cojones to step up in those situations. The guy has nearly a strikeout per inning. 67 strikeouts and 68.2 innings pitched. Well, there was, Fuck yeah. There Let's was go, even baby. talk that he was untouchable yeah. in discussions he for guys like Machado. Right, yeah. He should be untouchable. Yeah, so that's pretty impressive to me. His whip is 1.08. That is awesome from a 24-year-old. He's doing big things. He's and doing I'm, huge, and I'm, huge motherfucking things. And I'm very impressed with it. So, I, you know, I'm excited for him um, because we'll talk about this in a couple segments here but with the other two guys not necessarily being as dominant as we'd expect him slotting in as number three or even two I, I, I got nothing against Arietta, but he could slot there is, is huge because it may free us up to make a move for somebody in a different area of the, of the, of the diamond Absolutely. so that's why I'm really impressed with him and he gets my second half uh, my non-NOLA first half Cy Young Absolutely. next grouping can't yep. pick him now for this okay yeah is going to be our surprise of the first half. Okay. So, uh, I, I mean, if you'd like me to start, I'm happy I'm let to. i you start. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so this this one's tough. Well, first of all, the team in general, right, has kind of been a surprise. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the ultimate first half. surprise. Right, yeah. right, yeah. I would tell you my surprise is a guy who I never really gave up on, and that's going to be Mikhail Franco. Yep, that's a good pick. Um, because I know he had a really bad year last year, and he didn't even start off that strong this year. But, you know, he had a lot of shoulder... I mean, last year, I was listening to people last year talking about him being the centerpiece of our offense and team last year. 
like after the two years ago, right? And I'm like, wait a second, not that this guy can't be, but we don't know enough for you to anoint him. And so he's out there trying to swing every pitch to as a home run. So he came in this year, didn't start at third base, right? Crawford, Kingery's gotten some time there. Um, and yet now he's kind of nestled in because of the injury to Crawford as the, the, the guy at third base. Uh, he has surprisingly better defense than I thought for a he's man. He's a very good defensive When you third look at him, man. you're like, yeah. No. Look, and I, this is just purely judgmental, right? A little more heavy than Kingery or Crawford doesn't seem to have the oh, sure. like with the hair and the helmet coming off and the headband and the way he the bubble the, the gum or whatever he's chewing like sure. the way he plays you're like there's no way this guy's an elite an elite third baseman and I'm not saying he's elite but boy does he make so you're like wait a second where did he come from no. so 269 overall 13 home runs only only played uh, let's see at bats 279 so he's all about 100 at bats behind Herrera pretty close with Hernandez. That impresses me with those power numbers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's batting in the eighth hole, right? He leaded the team in RBIs for a while. Right. He's batting in the eighth hole. Leave him there. Don't touch him right now. You guy's hot? Leave him where he should be. And we can have that argument. But I, you know, very impressed with him. I think he's held in that position. It's been particularly important because of the injury to Crawford, right, that he can show up. And we, we need a bat. We need more bats in this lineup because our lineup can get a little dull, like little dull at points. So, to me, he's the guy. He's definitely noticed that he's on the line. Like his job and his a million percent right is on the line, and I'm very impressed with the fact that he's still pushing there really hard. So to me, he's the guy. My my surprise of the first half. There's a couple other guys I might have chosen, but I'm going to take him here in this case, and I've been impressed with him. And while I would have been fine if he was moved in a couple deals. At this point, I'd, I'd prefer to see him hang around because I think he's an important piece. No, yeah. it, it'd be interesting to see because he's been. Especially coming into the All-Star break, super hot. Right. And see if he would be a part of a piece now for a couple different players. And we can certainly talk about that if it's, uh, you know, Brad Hand or whomever. Uh, but no, that's a really good pick. Uh, we did have a question on who we thought our, our biggest surprise was from the great Emily Anderson at Third and Girl. Uh, and she asked, who has been the best surprise of the first half of the season? And why is it Sir Anthony Dominguez? Now, we have an award coming up that I'm going to save Sir Anthony for. <laughs> I think that's exactly why I didn't so, choose him. Yeah, but. that's why we didn't choose him, Emily. So we're going to hold on to it. Mine, in lieu of him, is going to be my guy, Nick Williams. Okay. In right field. Uh, you didn't really know what you're what to expect out of who was playing in right field. You saw Scott Kingery play there a couple times. You saw Altair. You saw Williams. Both kind of platooning there. Williams getting more and more and more starts there as the season has gone on. Guys, 11 homers, batting 245, uh, on base percentage of 322, gained some walks, uh, strikes out a little bit. I mean, 64 strikeouts, that's a little bit of a bummer, but still, 34 ribbies, that's more than Jorge Alfaro, it's more than Kingery, and it's more than Cesar Hernandez. Granted, Cesar's the leadoff hitter, but still, I mean, the guy really steps up when he needs to and the fact that he broke his nose and still missed what a game if that you know it's still a lot to be impressed on and it's it's definitely a good non Sir Anthony to big ass pick for surprise yeah. of the season no I, well first of all he had a lot of really big pinch hits yeah early in the he's year he's been yeah very right, big pinch which is really, hitter, really which is really important point. Yeah. Um, and obviously we had talked at the beginning of the season about him and Altair kind of battling for that spot yeah. out there so I, once again 
surprise, not dominant, but a good surprise to me as well. Still young. I mean, that's the other thing with these guys. They're, Very. We're not talking. This, this isn't their last chance. So yeah, I've definitely been impressed with his performance. And once again, as you as you said, he's been critical because of Altair's it, lack of performance on the pitch. I mean, on the diamond. And I'm still well, World Cup style there with the pitch comment. I'm still on board. Um, you know, but um, with both of those guys. And I think they're both, I mean, but once again, it's a big move there as well. So the second, the next grouping here, and I'm pretty sure this is why you were holding on to this guy. For the rookie. Rookie of the year. I think it's pretty easy. I think it's easily Shane Dominguez. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the year too. I, I, no, you, I will give you your spot here. I want you to talk about it a little bit and I'll dive in too. But um, I'm, I'm, I can't choose anybody else because of, how great he's right, been. and because of how bad some of the other guys potentially have been. But let's. But I, but I digress. Tell me about Sir Anthony. Yeah, Sir Anthony. Spelling it the same way they do in Game of Thrones. Shout should, out to the fanatic. Should be knighted, by the way. But no. anyway, uh, but he he got caught up on mid-May, and he's pitched in twenty-eight games, thirty-three innings pitched, uh, forty-three strikeouts, been clutch all over the place. Didn't let up a home run until that ill-fated road series in Chicago when he let up a big bomb that ended up costing the Phillies one of those games. Uh, the ERA is still sub-2. It's 1.6. A whip of .65. You could have made a strong case for this guy to be the Phillies' other all-star can- Absolutely. Absolutely. All-star representative. Well, I, and I would just jump in there. I think the big reason he wasn't is because he hasn't been purely the closer. Like exactly. He doesn't technically lead this team in saves. No. So, yeah. No, he doesn't. And I think he, that, so, he's I, one behind Hector Neres. Right. So, yeah. In saves. But if you look at saves, holds, all that stuff, and I don't know if that's technically a stat of percentages of like save plus hold over save opportunities of non-blown saves. I mean, he's got to be up there for it. The guy basically is a is a goldmine if you need to look at someone for it. Of all bullpen guys, Matt, his strikeout per walk ratio is 7.1. He's nearly double than the next highest, and that's... I uh, No, actually... Tommy Hunter's 4.1, so I was about to say Nearest is 3.7. Still, though, Tommy Hunter and Hector Nearest, two guys that I do not trust in. Hector Nearest is even on the team right now, isn't with the Iron Pigs. So, I mean, the guy has quickly gone from this rookie phenom that throws absolute gas to who, what, why aren't we going to Hector, to Sir Anthony Dominguez when somebody comes out of the bullpen and he hasn't been in yet? Or if it's the seventh inning, why are we using Sir Anthony Dominguez now? Is he pitching all three innings? Why isn't he pitching all three innings, Gabe Kapler? It's absurd. And this guy has become a household name, or at least he will once the attendance goes up, but we already talked about that. But it's it's insane. This guy is amazing. If you haven't heard of him, go watch a highlight reel. YouTube exists for a reason. And there's nothing much else I can say. He, crazily enough to just finish your point, Victor Arano has more games finished than Sir Anthony Dominguez. Nearest is the most at 23 because of all those stupid non-save situations they brought him into for a while right. before sending him down. But Sir Anthony Dominguez finally took over Eddie Bray Ramos on, for third in that category. Arano is actually fine. He's not that bad. But Sir Anthony, I get you don't want to name 
Gabe Kapler, I get you know don't want to name who's going to be the official closer. You don't want to sit on that yeah on that stool and he's you want to use people there. But he's your well, closer now. Here's the thing, and I, we're, we're getting here in a second. But he's there. I mean, I wouldn't name a closer for that trade deadline passes. In case you make a move for somebody else. Yeah, you don't want a Drew Store and Jonathan Papelbon. Exactly. So just hold off. I'm fine with that. And then if you trade for a guy that is a closer or you think is going to be your closer, that's when you that's when you name him, right? And And I get where he's coming from there. And Gabe's unique. So and we can talk about that coming up here. But um yeah, he's like I said, he's my rookie of the year. Now this is my next category that I'm important to me in this case. Because this section is a caveat section to me. The next section is biggest first half disappointment. But I put in dot, 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 but. Because this isn't a team that was expected to dominate or win. So the fact that they, the fact that they are, have any disappointments is a good thing to me. We aren't peaking. Like, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Look, and even statistically, the guys we've talked about, I mean, these guys aren't dominating necessarily in the MVP candidate. Yet we're leading the NL East, so I—I I mean, we're, uh, if you have a guy, I'm happy to dive in. I—I I can give you who I think is my biggest disappointment. You of the first start half. with it because okay. this was your idea, so no, I want to hear how you go with it. And this one's tough for me, but I'm going to have to pick a guy who I'm still high on. I hope comes around. But it's Scott Kingery. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, he's a, he's a rook, right? I mean, he's a young guy no. playing out of position, in my opinion. Um, but you sign him to a six-year deal. I know. I know the last three years are opt-out years for the club. Whatever. I, I disagree. I mean, one of the biggest deals ever um, for a young player. I and I and I get that statistic here for us in a second. I think it's the. Let's see, the, more, the largest. Where is it? The most guaranteed money ever for an amateur player who had never played in the major leagues. That's the record he broke. Oh, Surpassed. Oh. Jonathan, Jonathan, John Singleton, a former Phillies prospect traded to the Astros, who was given $10 million guaranteed. Sorry, largest guaranteed contract. Okay. $24 million guaranteed. Singleton had $10 million. Now, Evan Longoria signed a six-year $17.5 million, but he played in six big league games. It doesn't count. Right. So, he struggled for me, right? He's batting two thirty-seven. Sure. Only has four home runs. We talked about the nine errors. Um not necessarily been a guy who you're leaning on, which is why there was discussion. Not that you should, you should always have a discussion when you're talking about Manny Machado, but why a discussion about it basically would take him out of the lineup, essentially, other than potentially playing him a third, but Franco's been yeah. good, or trading Hernandez. But just, if you do nothing else, and you dra- trade for a guy like Machado, Kingery's out of the lineup, and he's basically a utility guy. By the way, hell of a utility guy. But you didn't sign this guy to $24 million guaranteed six years never played in a major league game because you expect him to be a utility guy, yeah. right? So definitely been somewhat of a disappointment for me. My expectation is a bounce back. He's young. He's still figuring out the major leagues. I'm not I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed because I expected – forget the four home runs. 237 is the number that's bothering me. I always expect him to be a big on-base guy, get a lot of contact. He's 282 on base. So I need to see a little more from him to feel confident in him moving forward, being nothing more than a super utility guy. Once again, hyper useful guy to have on the roster, not for a rebuilding team. That's the kind of guy you trade for to have a utility guy in your team that's going for the World Series now. Exactly. So he's been my biggest first half disappointment. 
Um, but I expect a rebound. At least getting that average up around 260 would be my expectation. Yeah. Coming into next year, feeling confident in his ability to kind of you know do a little bit more. No, I like that. Um, if I had to pick mine, there isn't really one on the batting end of it. So I'm just going to... I know we're talking about it in a little bit, but I'm going to pick the bullpen just kind of as a big disappointment. But we kind of talked about Sir Anthony, so that's the but, and Victor Arano as well. But the rest of the Phillies' bullpen, to me, has been a pretty big disappointment. We thought it was going to be – didn't think it was going to be lights out. We didn't think it was going to be the greatest bullpen ever. But Tommy Hunter, you signed to a big deal. You have Nishak that has come back and has been – Pretty good. I mean, he hasn't let up a run yet in in five in six uh, six games, five inning, innings pitched. Uh, so he's been at least what you thought he was going to be, but he'd been hurt for nearly two thirds, almost half the season, um, or more than half technically. But the rest of the bullpen, though, I mean, we we mentioned Hector Neris, who's supposed to be the closer when he came in, not on the team anymore. Tommy Hunter signed to a big deal, is a four point six five ERA. Adam Morgan. For a while, the only lefty reliever, five point one one. Right. Austin Davis has been pretty good. We talked about this before. We both like him. Yeah. So I mean, that's another butt to add on there. But the rest of that bullpen, Mark Lader is four point six one. Uh, De Los Santos, who started and started in place, well, uh, Velasquez missed a start because of his incredible web gem, right. which we haven't even talked about. Yep. But. Uh, and with Eflin being potentially coming up, by the way. Oh yeah, where you go? Okay, gotcha. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the bullpen itself has been. Ooh, you know, we call you know, we call ourselves the bullpen card. We have to yeah. discuss them a little. And bit. And I like how you threw some caveats therein, and I want to point out one of the biggest caveats because, like we said, this is disappointment. But Pat Nisha. Oh yeah. We you know. Wait a second! All of a sudden, this might be the guy. That, this is the guy we had last year, right? That comes in to be that eighth inning guy. And, or, or at least a late a late inning guy who can do something along those lines. So I'm I I'm excited about the opportunity to maybe have him kind of jump in here, um, and, and be a big guy because and this actually is a great transition into our next grouping and we've talked a little bit about it already. Um, so Nishak, when we're looking at trading partners, uh, trade bait as the as the way we'll we'll discuss this segment. And great question from El Presidente himself, good friend of the pod. Uh, uh, not Dave Portnoy in this case. I want to make sure we're not infringing on any barstool rights. Uh, but our friend Jared Barnes, uh, you may see him on the blog a couple times. He's been on a couple podcasts. we got to get him on a baseball one soon. But he went basically and said, now that Machado didn't work out for us, um, which I'm bummed about, I thought we should shoot for the moon, uh, where do we go from here? So who are we going to get to get ready for the postseason? Because we're now buyers. And that's the way you have to look at it. This is baseball. You know, the, the Minnesota Twins were a playoff team last year and then aren't going to be in this year. You know, the Orioles just traded away their best player, and the Blue Jays were in this race a couple years ago, and now they're, they're, they're nothing. So you have to know when you have a window in, the, in Major League Baseball, you've got to take that window. There's so drive. many American League teams that have salaries that they just need to dump. Right. And the Phillies, we've talked about it a, minute, a million times, Mountain of Comcast cash that you're sitting on. The lowest payroll in Major League Baseball yep. is right here in Philadelphia. Yep. So when I'm looking at now new trade bait, knowing you missed out on the big guy Machado, 
And, and that hurts me because I would have given I, – I, honestly, whatever they wanted, they wanted Sixto Sanchez, Mikel no, Franco. No, I'm not Sixto Sanchez. Jay, I would have done it. No, He's, fuck that. Okay, Machado's 26. Yeah. All right. For Sixto Sanchez? Let me ask you a question. Up, give up Adonis. Sure. Two, two, Adonis years, Medina? two years ago, who was the best prospect in all of baseball? Okay, J.P. Crawford. All right. So and we wouldn't we wouldn't give him away from anything, and I'm gonna be honest with you. We and we haven't really talked about him, but you're te- so to me nothing. Look, I hope Sixto Sanchez becomes the next Cliff Lee, uh, Cole Hamels, Pedro Martinez, freaking Roger uh, Clement. I, I don't care. I, I hope he becomes an elite pitcher, and I and I think he has the stuff to do that. But you have a guaranteed 26 year old in the best season of his career that you can trade for. And knowing that you have the cash to sign him next year, personally, you could have you could have Sanchez, Franco, and Crawford, and I would have been perfectly happy with that. Now that's, once again, that's my opinion on the matter because to me, if you get me a guaranteed guy at his age, we're not trading for a 32-year-old Josh Donaldson here. We're trading for sure. a young, in his prime, sign him to a six-year contract, seven-year contract, eight-year contract, and you're gonna get at least six if good you're years. guaranteeing me that he re-signs, for a deal, I might consider that. You need to make sure this guy gets it. Okay. Which okay. there's that lead, that morning car call article, which we can kind of talk about because the Dodgers are about to come to Philadelphia. Yeah. They talked about booing him if he didn't do well as a Philly. Yeah. Which that's for one stupid, but two, why would we boo the? Why would we boo him if he wasn't doing well as a Philly? Yeah. I get there's a lot of stigmas towards Philadelphia, but. We're all we're all Philadelphians here. We're not gonna fucking boo Manny Machado if he'd come to the Phillies, or if we sign him to a mega deal in the off season. No, um, but no. There, I mean, there's plenty of other things that we can go after. There's Brad Hand from the Padres. Yep. There's Zach Britton from the Orioles. There's J. A. Happ from the Blue Jays. Yeah. I'm gonna tell There's you. There's Josh right. Donaldson, which I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think Josh you touch Donaldson. him. Yeah. So first and foremost, the two guys. I'm gonna tell the first two guys you name there because the, the biggest guy in the, on the reliever market is Brad Hand. Oh yeah. But you're gonna have he's and he's he's got a two year deal. So you get him this year, you get him for at least another two years. Yep. Which I like, and he's been elite, but he's gonna be really pricey. And for a team that is not necessarily what a, a, for a surprise Phillies team, giving up a big piece for him. Knowing that you have the opportunity to sign some big-time bats this offseason may not be your best use of resources, which leads me to another Oriole, in this case, Zach Britton, who I am really high on. He's an ideal – he's a left-hander, which is important because you talked about it a second ago, right? Um, Now, he was a little injured, and his velocity is not back, but he's been been better, and he's allowed no runs in his last seven appearances. To me, he's either your closer or your eighth-inning guy. I, I, if they're if you're willing to give up a prospect for him, I I think you do it because he you know he's a hell of a, a reliever. So that I mean, I'll tell you right away that's my first trade target for us because the most immediate need of this team is reliever because the rest of our team is relatively young and relievers kind of come and go and also he's gone after this year so the Orioles will probably take an undersized deal there. Um, I mean I I'd love to have Brad Hand but you gotta I don't I don't want to give up. Sixto or Adonis for him, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, I yeah. agree with that. I wouldn't want yeah. to go for that. So, but I'm big on Zach Britton. The other guy that, that people keep talking about, I'm now I'm confused about this part. This is the part I don't like, is upgrading a third base. What's the name that you've heard outside of Machado at third base? Josh Donaldson's up there. I've okay. seen a couple others. I'm thinking of Moustakis. 
Yeah, Mike Moustakas is another one that's out there, and that's uh, kind of a weird one. I'm out on him. Yeah. I'm out on him. He's old. He hasn't even been that great. He's not necessarily better than Mikel for, uh, in this case. He's just a big name because he was good when right. they made the World and Series. And by the way, if, if Franco was still scuffling like he was to start the season, I'm all for it. But even if he goes cold, Kingery and Crawford can slide over to third. So to me, he doesn't make any sense. Uh, look, I was a big Adrian Beltre guy. Yeah. Loved him. Still do. I think he's a fun player and has been really good for a long time in Texas. Yeah. And while I'd be happy if he was here, I'm not willing to give anything up big for him unless he was packaged in the other guy that I really, really want. Yeah. That's cool him. I want a homecoming. He said it would be a blessing to come yep. back to Philadelphia. He so, didn't say vote this year, but he said it. The weird in thing general. is, yeah, well, a couple things. If F, if, now, we don't know this, right? So to me, starting pitching is is most important if Eflin, if this blister is anything worse than we think it is, right? Yeah. So, and, and to be honest with you, I, I hope he kind of continues to roll through, but he, he could theoretically have a little bit of a second half slump after the hot start. Sure. So to me, going after a guy like Cole Hamels, assuming Texas is willing to give him away for not a lot, or package him with either uh, Adrian Beltre or Sinsu Chu. That's a good one. I now, do like the that The problem a lot. there is you're going to take Nick, probably taking Nick Williams out of the lineup. It's true. But he's an all-star right now. He was an all-star, and he's yeah. quite good. So you give me the nice thing about Nick Williams, we talked about it before. He's a good pinch hitter. He's right. fast as all get up. So you can do basically what you used to do with Pat Burrell with anybody in that yeah. lineup. Yeah. Just no. use him in the no, late and I, I, yeah. I'd like that a lot. Um, I consider that. Once again, you might have J.A. Happ, another former Philly guy yeah. who I mean, had a great season when we traded him. He's definitely available. Um, one that's a little interesting here, maybe a deep sleeper, Chris Archer, Tampa Bay. Yeah, so he's in there. Greg and I talked about this a little bit because Blake Snell is the bigger name from the Rays, and I don't think the Phillies would. But want bigger to name, go for but him. not better prospect. Not a better prospect, right? No, but the Rays are in it right now. They're yeah. in the race. They are. Well, they are, which may limit them there. But once again, but they're in the race. But they're. But uh, there's two things. A the we're super sitting, teams above them. We're 13 days away from the non-waiver deadline. Emphasis on non-waiver. There's still the waiver period. Right. Where you can just make a waiver trade and boom. Yeah. There's plenty of those that have happened that have worked out tremendously. I think Cole Hamels could be that, by the way. Because his We had told us last year that, that was Justin Verlander. Yeah. He was a waiver trade. Right. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, the, the, by no means, shape, or form is July 31st the end of anybody going out and getting any prospect or player. It's just... There's a little bit less of, uh, there's a little bit less hoops to jump through with it. Yeah. No. The one thing I've heard, another rumor that I, I'm not a particularly big fan of, is getting like some kind of a utility guy, because I just don't see it. Because Crawford will be back. Yeah. And you know what? We're young still. You, you can't give up on these guys. I mean, look, I, I JP would honestly probably have slid into my disappointment section, but he, if he hasn't but, been hurt. But he's hurt, right? So I don't want I don't want to totally rock him here, and yet I. I, I basically sit here and say, you know, he's a guy that was a top five prospect in baseball. We refuse to move him for other guys, and, and now and now here he is. Um, now, what about Adam Jones? Yeah, so that's another one. They, they, he's been doing pretty well. What is he playing left field for them primarily? Yeah, but I think he can kind of play a little bit around the diamond. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's a center fielder. Excuse me. He's a center fielder? But usually center fielders are pretty good to roll. Yeah. I mean, pretty good to move. 275, 10 home runs, 26 doubles. Um 
he technically has a 10 and 5, so he can veto any trade. Uh, he wants to play center field. That's kind of a problem. So I, I just might be off the list there. Um, now the only one, yeah. So I, I mean, I like him because I think he's a good veteran presence, and I like the fact I think Santana Arrieta has a lot for this team. Their veteran oh, sure. presence has really calmed a lot of the young people down. I think Arrieta the most. Yeah. Kind of to wrap it up, power rank your one, two, and three that you want. Okay, so I, I, I Zach Britton to me is one. Yeah, I would agree. Because, because, Zach Britton's and one. that's both because he's a good. I think he's a great reliever, and he's and he's he's the biggest need that I watch this team. They figure they out ways. They need a bullpen guy. And they figure out ways. Which is to, right. why hand is number two for me. Okay. Okay, so number one is that Britton too? Zach, Zach Britton's okay. number one because he's less of a cost. Yep. A proven commodity. Hand is number two. And I like the fact that he's a, that you get him for another year. I like yeah. that about okay. it. Um, three is tough. I'm trying well, who's to. Who's your number two? Oh, I'm sorry. So no, I would go Britain. I'm sorry. I would go Britain one. I'm trying to pull out the fact that I love him, and that's Cole in this case. Yeah. Because Cole's my number three. Yeah. You can put him number two. I I I think we need a third. Yeah. Because I think whether it's Arietta continuing to struggle exactly. or Eflin having I a problem, I think having a third guy yeah. is so huge. Look at what it did for Houston well, last year. Well, having four guys is important. Four quality guys. Because to me, Pavetta and Velasquez have been so... Look, Pavetta started out great. And Velasquez has had some good outings, by the way. But the, I, can see, I can see Pavetta being like a Joe Blanton. Steps up. Yeah. Huge. Great. Like, he, like Joe Blanton did for the Phillies. So I'm going to take Cole as the second guy. Yeah. By the way, this is all cabinet. This is just what I want. These The trade packages for what you get... The, like To me, I'm also picking these guys because I think neither of them are, should... To me, the Phillies do it right. Have, so they need to give up a huge name. No, I don't expect to be giving up a ridiculous name to get any of these guys. No, these should be middling, top twenty-five prospects. But I don't want to. These shouldn't be top five guys. That no. were that. So that's my big thing with these. That's one of the reasons I'm listening like this is because these are guys who should be able to get their hands on. The without hilarious to thing is that you can throw back Jared Eikhoff for Cole Hamels, who were originally traded for each other. But then it's basically as if you traded like Jorge Alfaro. And a number of guys. Yeah. The Phillies got Jorge Alfaro in that trade. Vince Velasquez, I think, was another. For whoever the, they gave to the Texas Rangers. Yeah. And it's insane of what you'd actually end up getting in that. And started looking at the, the checks and balances of it. Um, but So I said Cole would be my number three for a lot of reasons why you said. Who's your number three? I'm back and forth here. But because the need for bullpen is so high, and I do not know how to pronounce his name. He plays for the Mets. Last name is uh, Familia. Oh, Yuri's Yuri's Familia. Familia. Yep. Once again, I this is to me is we didn't a, even touch on the Mets and who that I the, know the fact that that Degrom and Syndergaard are even like being thrown out in the media with it means that there's someone that said yeah. the Mets in some way, now, shape, or form way, could let them go. Degrom's thirty. Did you yeah. know that? I did know that. So I I'm a little hesitant there because it takes a really special talent. Yeah. It's not Roy Halladay when the Phillies traded for right. Roy I'm, I'm a, and we but, saw how quickly that degenerated. Yeah. So I I would really like this idea of picking up a guy like Familia, 28, 288 ERA, 17 saves, only one home run, uh, struck out uh, over uh, let's say struck out uh, at least at least one batter inning basically. Yep. So. Uh, whether he's a ninth inning guy or I think he probably comes in as a setup guy. You might be able to pick him for a little bit. Now, once again, the hardest part with him is be- is is because of he's in the division. Even though they're they're floundering, it might be tough for them to move on. But that would be my number 
number uh, number three there. Um, I, I'd like to, I'd actually wouldn't even mind if they went after two relievers. No. You give me Britton and Familia, I'm pretty happy. You get Brad Hand and Britton. I, I like I like the idea of two. Hate to leave J.A. Happ off that because I'd love to see him back in a yeah, Phillies that's uniform. An, that's a good honorable mention. Yeah. I almost went top five, but we need to, for the sake of time. No, I got you. Three. Let's do it. No, yeah. So, my next spot here is yep. best moment. Okay. Okay. First of all, I think the best moment's about to show. Best moment's about to happen. And that's because I need we need to break up once. It's Chase Utley's return. Knowing yeah. he's going to retire. I'm really upset. I'm, I'm going to Michigan next talk. week. I'm almost in tears talking about it. I'm really upset. I'm going to Michigan next week, and I had all plans to go on Monday, which is my birthday. And then I decided to go to Michigan yeah, for my birthday. You should go to Michigan. But, but I'm really bummed I'm not going to be at one of Chase's last games in Citizens Bank Park. I, he is know. still my favorite baseball yeah, player. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. I have the cover. Yeah. Uh, back in Sports Illustrated, it was, he was covered in dirt. Yeah. And to me, I understand. By the way, you know his first hit in the major leagues? Do you know what it was? It's Grand Slam. Grand Slam. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. come on. The speech. The speech, the fact that he has an always sunny, not just an episode, because there's the World Series defense, but the fact that there's just a running joke that's even more well-known than the World Series defense about the right. next letter Chase Utley, and the fact yeah. that he responded to it is just insane. Yeah. Also, quick side note: Did you see that they're making a post Eagles Super Bowl Always Sunny episode for the upcoming really? season? Yeah, I love that. I love <laughs> that. Be great. I hope to it's me, the Super Bowl defense. Yeah. Now, I, I, by the way, I'm not. I'm, this is when I make this comparison. I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. Because as great as Chase Utley was, he was not as good as the player I'm about to to to, 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 to name him. But to me, he's he's the Phillies' Derek Jeter. Right? Yeah, that's. No, no. I understand what you're getting at. Right, I don't. I don't I'm not like he's Jer- our. Ba- Derek Jeter is a first. He's uh, our baby. Right. He's to our me, baby. Utley, Utley, like, and so, so they, were, they were comparing Utley and Jimmy Rollins, and I know we're segueing a little here, but I, I can't miss this point. Yeah. Uh, because he's, he's our generation, right? Yeah. Like this is a guy that we grew up with. Yeah. Jimmy Rollins, all time leading. Right. So, so, so Jimmy Rollins, who should be in the Hall of Fame? Jimmy Rollins or Chase Utley? I think both of them should be in the Hall of Fame. But the one thing that I, that when, well, when you match numbers up, Rollins passes Utley here. Yeah, but Chase Utley doesn't have two thousand hits. I agree with that, and I understand it's a problem. But to me, I'm glad that you agree with an empirical but, fact. I, uh, <laughs> I, I was reading Peter Peter King, long time. This is a totally different sport here. We wrote about the NFL, right? Oh yeah, Monday morning quarterback. That. He's now left, but great writer. And he once says, "I feel like the Hall of Fame is a little diluted, right? Because you're, you know, you have to have five people every year for the NFL." Right. Yeah. Or, 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 but his point being, at some point, it's the greatest. Now, Utley is not, as a second baseman... He may be the, one of the best power-hitting second basemen. Ever. Right. Yeah. But it's also a mental thing, too. Yeah. Like, when you think of baseball, you think of the Phillies, his name comes up pretty quick. Oh, yeah. And what he brought to the table as intangibles. And the fact that he's still playing, by the way... And, he, and, and the Dodgers call him dad, yeah. you, you can see the greatness to me. Yeah. You don't need the statistics to back his case. I think what's, to your point, I think what's awesome is that you think of him first before you think of that four-man starting rotation. Right. Granted, that team didn't win a World Series, and if they do, maybe the, the narrative's different. But he'll always be thought of. And again, Chase Utley missed nearly half of that season. Yeah. So The injuries definitely hurt him. I no, know. Yeah, certainly. Right, and, and but once again, to me, he was the heart and soul of this team through yeah. that run. 
and and he is a top five Philly in my mind of all time. You know, I'd Mike, agree with that. Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton. I think he's something but one and two in yeah. my opinion. But you could argue he's third on that list. Not mm-hmm. no 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 uh, 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 not statistically. I'm not looking statistically. I'm uh, just g- thinking of like give me lifelong Phillies. I'm trying to think of. Which is tough because they're especially in the later. But, but here's years. the problem: like Jim Tomey was a really good Philly. Oh, he's not top. Scott five. Rowland was. Were they beloved? Jimmy Scott Rollins. Rollins was I like bo- Scott Rowland for a long time. I know. I, I don't think he was beloved. Right. He was kind of a dick. So, so Jimmy he, Rollins is up there in terms of beloved. People love Jimmy Rollins. Right. But anyway, let's get back to best. Sorry. Moment. Once again, but just just note that he's coming home. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, we'll, we'll have a big. Is that discussion. your best moment? I want it to be. But I can't because it hasn't we can, happened. We can revisit this next but week. But it hasn't happened It's a week yet. from now. Right. Yeah. So I guess I, I am going to take my best moment, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping on your toe here, but is the Velasquez play. No, no, no. That's a great play. Okay. It's that's great not moment. yours though, right? It's not my Okay, moment. gotcha. No. To me, to, I mean, that's the grit. That's the Philly grit, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he literally went in the DL, and he yet, yet he made that play to get the out. Yeah. And, it, and, and in the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. But mentally, seeing a guy put his, like, you know, Basically, do something. He's with his left hand. Uh, after being injured, he crumples on the ground. I'm perfectly fine with that. And yet he gets up, he runs over to the ball, and throws his left hand, throws this guy out. To me, that was the best part of the first half. There's a lot of really good ones to pick, but I just that, that one stuck with me because it showed a little toughness that maybe I hadn't seen in Velasquez enough. Yeah. And I really appreciated that play. That to me, that's Philly. That's Philly. No, me. no, no. But yeah. And mine is is in a similar note. It's it's very recent, but. It's on the 4th of July. It was Michael Franco coming okay. back to how great of a defensive third baseman he was. And this is against the Baltimore Orioles. And he made that diving diving play to help solidify the lead. Chris Davis nearly chops one down the third baseline and he makes the diving play. And without that, I mean, the Phillies are in the midst of what turns out to be a six-game winning streak. That was win number four. It helps to get their third win over the Orioles of the year. Helps get Nola's 11th win. The first person, the first Phillies pitcher since 1993 to get to 11 wins before the All-Star break. Which is amazing because we talked about the big four we just talked about, right? Yeah. Hamels, Holiday, Lee, Oswald. Exactly. Bingo, bango, bongo. But, I mean, it, it's also the play that sealed them getting over 10 wins above 500. For the first time since 2011, which I think, even not getting to the playoffs, just getting to that point. Because remember, 2012, they started off okay. Mm-hmm. 13, they floated around 500. 14's where it really started to tail off. But 12, you thought for a bit they could make some sort of wild card run. The first year, the two wild cards and all that. And the fact that that team never did. The fact that this team is just continuing to do that. And that kind of a play, you talked about the Philly grit, that just shows it. It yeah. shows yeah. That these guys are in it to win it. And I just think it's a it's a moment that I'm going to remember looking back on the season. No matter where Franco ends up, if he becomes a backup guy, another utility player, pinch hit guy, or whatever happens to him if he's not even on the Phillies. Yeah. I'm going to remember that play when I look at this team at the end of the season. No matter if it ends on the last day of the regular season, if it ends the wild card round, divisional round, whatever. I'm going to remember that play. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. So what do you got next? Well, next was going to be around the diamond, and I and I want to touch on this quickly because yeah. we've been we've been we've we, talked about a number of these guys, exactly. so we've been done through. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to this is just going to be you. I'm going to I'm going to give oh, you a lightning round. Okay, right? and you're going to give me up 
flat down, right? So like thumbs up, thumbs down, or just well, like, overrated, properly rated, underrated. Right. Okay. So or I guess underrated, over underrated, probably whatever. And I'm thumbs so up, thumbs down. I'm gonna run through everybody on the on the diamond. Okay. I'm gonna run through the starting pitchers. I'm running through the top. I'm, I'll, I'll do the top. Well, we'll start there. And if you want to go to bullpen guys, we can do yeah, that. We uh, went let's, into that. Let's, yeah, let's look at us get the bullpen, bullpen well, we talked guys. About the bullpen I, I think that's going to be pretty tough. Yeah. So, once again, um, so compared to the start of season to now, are you up, are you down, or are you neutral on this player? So, we're going to start right at, at the catching position. Jorge Alfaro. Up. Up. Love it. The pickup. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yadier Molina. Do not run on Jorge Alfaro. I, I love it. You I are an idiot if you run I love on that it. guy. Carlos Santana. Uh, neutral. Love that. Love that. Cesar Hernandez. Down. Why down? Uh, he has not been the Cesar we've seen. His batting average is 270. Okay. We've seen him in the 300s before. I agree. Okay. His on-base percentage is in the 370s. It's the walks to me that, that, that They're that, big. That the I walks like. are okay. big. But I just think I think it, it's close to being neutral. It's gotcha. definitely not up gotcha. to me. Though. Gotcha. Kingery. Uh, down. Gotcha. We talked about that before. I agree. Franco. Up. Now... I'm going to add a quick, quick question in here for you. Do you regret trading Freddie Gallis? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. I do now. Because I did of not who? have to be Because of who? Kingery? Okay. Kingery's lack of batting? Now Kingery, but it's mainly because of J.B. Crawford. I was very high on J.B. Crawford. Gotcha. Man, and he's, no, a bit, I, he's I cannot, two thumbs down. Perfectly. Cannot dis- I cannot disagree with that statement. Yeah. Um, I thought it was the right move. And I, I thought think, it was the right move at the time. I still think it could be, by the way. But yeah. yeah okay. Uh, we're going to go with left field. Reese Hoskins. I'm going to go neutral. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that. It's definitely not down, but it's yeah. not. It's like kind of thumbs starting to come it's up. It's almost like they're balancing each other. Yeah. The defense versus the, th- the offense. The thumb right? is starting gotcha. to come up for gotcha. me and Reese Hoskins. Herrera. Up. I mean, that's an easy question. Yeah. Uh, and we'll go uh, Nick Williams. Up. Okay. Now, I'm, we're not going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this name, but I'm assuming Aaron Altair is going to be down, down, right? Gotcha. Right. That's probably part of why Nicole, Nick Williams is up. Okay. Starting pitching. Aaron Nola. Up. Arietta. Up. I would agree with that. I, and I love that take by you uh, there. Up. Eflin. Up. Oh, big, okay. big up for two thumbs up <laughs> for me. I'm going to go up. Okay. I'm actually going to go up on that, I even lo- though it's probably neutral. I Objectively, it's okay. neutral. Okay. But subjectively. Pavetta. Because uh, well, before we Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump there. Go, go, go. Because Velasquez... At the beginning of the season, he got shelled like in three straight starts. And it looked like, oh, we should move into the bullpen. And even now, we talked about this the other day, that if they trade for another starting pitcher, just move him to the back end of the bullpen and let him be a setup man. Gotcha. The fact that he still is, but he still can come out and I still like that at some point, by the way. Okay. Pavetta. I'm going to go neutral now. See, I I would agree with you because he wasn't... He cooled off. But he wasn't expected to be... His start was unexpected, right? Him being really right. good to start. Right. Right. The la- By the way, there's one... Well, okay, I'm going to get to one other player real quick. One other person real quick. You know what I did there? Oh. But I, there's a guy here that I think... The babe. It's kind of... A, it's kind of a, currently, we've got to figure this out, and that's Jared Eikhoff. Yeah, how does he fit back in? Because his injury... They're not really sure what's going on with him right now. So I, I want yeah, to just... We they thought he was close to coming back. And, and yet he's, and yeah, he's and still... He's, still does, yeah, he's having issues with, with discomfort in his fingertips. Yeah. Which is really sad because he was a big part of that Hamels trade too. So let's uh, let's jump on the, the next guy, Gabe Kapler. I'm going up. I love it. I love the fact up. that you put him up. I'm putting him up. I mean, you can't, you I can't thought, disagree with results. 
I winning thought is winning. He was, I knew he was a crazy person coming in. I still think he's a crazy person, but it's working. It's working. Loving the guy and not eating him out. It's yep. working. Yep. You can't yep. mess with 13 games above so 500. So grade our first half. It's it's and it's a, it's it's obviously it's like a like elementary school grading A to F. I'm going to B. I'm going to B because this team. We didn't even mention the n- number of times the bullpen's blown leads. The bullpen has blown so many goddamn leads. And at times when it looks like the Phillies should steamroll teams, and what's the bad taste in both of our mouths, is the Marlins series this past weekend. They win that first game. It looks like it's going to be great, 2 nothing, and then they get shut out the next night. Yeah. Aaron Nola doesn't have a great night, and fuck. We're, right. You know, what the hell's going on? And then they... Really just fell apart on Sunday, letting up runs left and right to a team that's purposely trying to lose games. Um, but, I mean, the defense has been pretty bad. We covered that a little bit. But mm-hmm. the fact that this team could be so much better. Think about it this way, Matt. They are 53-42. and 42. The Cubs are 55-38. and 38. They are, what is that, three games back of the Cubs. And they... Should have won one game against them. They blew that bullpen lead. The other game, they didn't play well. But they still possibly could have won it, but they still didn't play well. So they should have won 2-3 or three in Chicago. The Brewers shit pumped them a little bit, but then they also rebounded well. The Cardinals, they went 2-2 two and two in St. Louis. The Pirates, they... Oh, the Pirates have dominated... Um, the Reds come to town soon. They go to, or no, they go to Cincinnati next weekend. Um, they already came to town. But, I mean, they could be so much better. Yeah. They could be leading the National League without those blown leads. And you can say this with a number of teams. That's kind of the positive of this is that the Cubs started so slow. The Brewers are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. They've lost six straight games. Including to your Miami Mar- not your Miami Marlins, but to the Miami Marlins. The Dodgers have had so many injuries. The Diamondbacks started off slow and also have had a number of injuries, especially to their starting pitching. The Rockies have really come to what we thought they were going to be last year. Good offense, really meh starting pitching. They're uh-huh. six teams above 500, two games out in the West. But they have led up the third most runs in the National League. So, pretty impressive, by the way. Yeah, pretty impressive to do that. That you're the only team that has more runs than you are the Chicago Cubs, and you've and you're one of the worst pitching stats in, in the NL. Again, Miami Marlins trying to lose games. Cincinnati Reds, aside from Matt Harvey having a couple good starts, not good. Right. But I think putting it at a B with a bunch of guys who came into the season not being expected to do anything, including the starting pitching, and that they have been so fantastic, only five runs more than another starting pitching staff that's been great, the Atlanta Braves, Mm -hmm. six runs more than a national staff that was supposed to be dominant. Then you look at at the Cubs and and the Brewers and the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, who were all supposed to be great. They're all great pitching. But the fact that these guys are right there, they're leading the goddamn division, it's fan-fucking-tastic. Let ESPN not talk about us at all. 
Let Fox <laughs> not mention it. I like it. Yes. Let the underdog yes. respect mantra <laughs> fester I love, in this city. I love the fact that basically all of our teams are now following the same logos. Trust yeah. the process. Underdogs. Everybody. They're all on. I almost board. want the Phillies to go into the first wild card position so that we get the wild card game <gasps> and blow the roof <gasps> off of Citizens That'd Bank Park. Awesome. And I think the National League is on ESPN. They're like, I don't know. Why, I don't know where these fans came from. Because the ESPN just idiotic that way. Oh man, I I almost want that. Although I like having the first yeah. round buy. Yeah. So the, they great. they would have had an A plus from me, but I, I thought it I thought it was whatever the take mantra from Machado. So without knowing all the details, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give him an A minus. Okay. And that's how high I am because I, because of the surprise. Yeah. You give me Machado, I'll give you an A plus. So what letter grade for you is being bold? Being bold? Yeah, that's our, that's our hashtag. Right, and A plus is being bold. Okay. So, so they have not been bold. Well, I would say they've been bold. No, I don't think they've been bold at all. They've basically stayed the core status quo, right? I mean, I, they're both their so boldest the, move. I like that leading the division for you is status quo. I love well, that. Well, status quo because they haven't moved any players. Yeah. So the status, the, the biggest thing they've done this year is Sir Anthony Dominguez finally getting some opportunities to be a closer. Like to me, that's the that's the only thing they've been hashtag being bold, winning games is, is being bold, but like it's not. So okay. to me, not getting Machado, uh, I'm still super high on what this team's done in the first half. So I give them an A. A I'm giving an A minus because they didn't get Machado and they technically while they're leading the division at the same number of losses the Braves. So yeah. I'll give them an A minus. But <laughs> you're I'm you're like you're not just pointing out they have more wins. <laughs> right. Well, I know. Big moment, but to me, the loss column is all that matters, right? Because if the season ended today, we have the same amount of losses. Theoretically, this season... We have more wins, though, uh, but, but we have today. the same amount of losses. <laughs> we have the same amount of losses. No. So, I'm going to give them an A-. Uh, it's one of the best first halves I can remember, surprise-wise. And sure. Yeah, now, I'm going to do the next portion, and you can jump in right after me as predictions. Yeah, please. You, yeah. You, you go. Well, first of all, I do predict they're gonna you're going to get money out of this. Because they're going to get 20, oh, yeah, 25, my, my 26. Oh, yeah, my 70 and a half yeah. over under. Yeah. yeah. We're good there. Can we talk Can we talk about that? They'd have to only win 25 games in the next, what is it, 77 games for me to not win Yeah, I think you're going to be 67 fine. games. Yeah. I, I do. This is a hard part for me. Because I want to I wanna predict they're going to take it. And I think Aaron Noel is incredible. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I want to start there. That's my first prediction, is they're, they're going to be a wild card team. My biggest concern, to me, the Cubs and the Dodgers, I mean, it, it, you're still kind of tight, right? You're, there's still a lot of things going on. Um, see how hard this is for me to decide? Because I, 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 I think they lose the NL East, and I think they lose it to the Nationals. Okay. Because I think the talent on the Nationals – is still that good, and not even Bryce Harper. But Max Scherzer is might be the best play, might be the best pitcher in the National League. Might be the Cy Young winner. Like that's how good he's been. I still have Gio Gonzalez, Steven Strasburg's back. So I take them to make the wild card, and I think they get the second wild card. And I think that's because the Brewers or Diamondbacks get the first one. I think it's a tight race, but I do think they get the second wild card and they sneak in the playoffs this year. But it's a high note. It's not a negative to me. If they get the second wild card, um, I the Braves might. I think the Braves tamp, taper off a little bit, in my opinion. So that's okay. where I'm at with them. Still think I think the second wild card is a huge success this year. Oh sure. I think in the playoffs in general. So I don't. I, I don't want it to be negative. But anyway, I. Uh, where are your thoughts with them? 
Yeah, I like the Nationals to come back. And a I hate bit. to say that. I hate to say it too, but I mean their offense is pretty good. Their pitching's been great. They should be better than they are. Mm-hmm. They won by any sort of metric. They have a plus thirty run differential. They're a five hundred team. They are not performing to where they should. Bryce Harper probably is going to have a better second half of the season. I don't think he's going to go through any sort of home run derby slump. Um, that being said, the Phillies, I think, make the playoffs. I think, yeah, second wild card's probably a good bet just because of the fact that the Diamondbacks aren't going away. The Rockies are right there. Are we forgetting, by the way? Like, I don't want to go deep. The Diamondbacks are a really good baseball team. They're a very good baseball I, team. I think the Dodgers might be overshadowing them. Oh, yeah. Machado's edition is big, but and we can discuss that in a later week, but I just wanted yeah. to point that out. Don't sleep on those areas of the time. Yeah. Can we talk about for the fact that not only are the Phillies ahead of the Braves, they have the same number of wins, and by your metric, the Dodgers have more losses than the Phillies. So, Machado. I would argue that that makes them worse than us. Machado, they Now with Machado. Machado. Machado picked the worst team. Yeah, they got a plus 82 there. Yeah, plus 82 run differential. Not I mean, the 114 to the Cubs, by the way, but second best in the National League. That's the scary thing is the Chicago Cubs, before they even overtook the slumping Milwaukee Brewers and they went on their own little streak, they always had that differential. They just were super unlucky. Yeah. And now they're finally starting to show that again, just like last year. I think it's going to be Cubs and Dodgers down the, down the stretch. Uh, the Phillies probably aren't going to win the division. I just said they're probably going to have the second wild card. So they're probably going to have to play the Diamondbacks, Rockies winner there, um, and if they have that, then they play the Dodgers, and and we'll see how it goes. I mean, the best part of this is that this team is likely going to finish above five hundred, and the thing I've always thought of is the fact that this the Phillies. You remember, granted, this was in a one wild card system. They would have made the playoffs in two thousand five. But there was a number of seasons before 2007 the Phillies finished above 500, and they showed a lot of promise. 05, 06, finally 07. Can't remember if they did in 04 or not. But that all being said, even if they miss out on the second wild card, which honestly I don't think the Rockies push that. I think the Rockies might come out slow. They've won five in a row. That's why they're so close. Diamondbacks are five and five in the last ten. The Dodgers are six and four, so they've gained some games there. The Giants are a little more of a threat to me, and I could eat these words. Their offense is not that good, but if the Rockies tumble a little bit, why aren't they sellers? They've been that before, right? They never, they never, they seem to be a very much so a team that like they just actually in it. But why aren't they sellers? Why aren't they trying to get... They're getting older. I, well, can I tell you why, though? Yeah. Because Nolan, Ara, Nolan Arenado's contract is going to be up. Yeah. And he... You could argue he is the best... Now that Machado has moved to shortstop, the best... He's the best base. third baseman in baseball. He's without really, a doubt. Like, and they, without like, you talk a about goddamn Mike, doubt. You talk about Mike Trout having a, a, a marketing problem. Arenado, like... Arenado have been Has a marketing product. He needed Chris Bryant problem. to have a shit year yeah. for him to clearly get... The starting third baseman job in the National League for the All-Star game. He's... And I still even thought, I was surprised that he got it, because I would have thought the Cubs fans would have still jumped on for Chris Bryant. You want to, you want to ask me a question? You, you told me that, that we could have to give up Sixto Sanchez to get Nolan Arenado. I might 
Tell you. I would 1 million percent do that. The Phillies haven't had a good third baseman since Scott Rowland, and he wasn't even anything to hold a candle to Mike Schmidt. 23 home runs, 68 RBIs, 395 yeah. on base. Yeah. Woo! My anyway, man. And he's 27? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so anyway, I, I, digress. So finish, <laughs> I think the Phillies are the second wild card. Okay. And I think it's going to be a fun season. Even if they don't get it, though, it's a fun season to watch. And I think we're going to start seeing the attendance, to kind of go back to our four thoughts, start to see the attendance go up next year. They're going to be a lot more competitive. They're showing to this upcoming class that they can spend money. They already did by signing all these different people. And the fact that their owner is saying, we're starting to get into win now but sustainable mode. Yeah. Which I like. Big. Big. Yeah. Now that, for the most part, wraps up our Phillies talk. Yeah. But I, and this, is, this is a question we're going to really get into in a little bit. But I have to ask because I think it's a fun question. Would you sign Harper and Machado to maximum ma- massive deals this summer if they both all agreed to come here? Definitely Machado. Harper's an interesting one because I, I don't know. I don't know if maybe we have an opening. He's better than Nick Williams objectively, but I don't know if I'd want to spend the money on that rather than not go find a pitcher either in the bullpen or on the starting end and save that money, whether it's. In the 2018-19 offseason or 19-20 or save your money for 2021 and get Mike Trout. I'd rather do that. I'd love that. Certainly. So uh, Harper, I'd probably say no one, frankly. Gotcha. Look at the long term and get a pitcher. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a fascinating – it's just an interesting discussion. Machado, their infield is in so much need of a superstar presence, which I hope somebody develops into it. Whether it's Reese comes back to first and yeah. becomes that, which I think he, he will eventually. To me, he's the most likely candidate. Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing against Kingery because I, I think Kingery's a hell of a player. But I, I think I mean, I mean think he's a hell of a prospect, I should say. But to me, and Crawford struggled, Kingery struggled, Franco's been up and down. So to me, it is Hoskins that could be the superstar. To me, he is the superstar of this team. Over Herrera. Oh, yeah. Not Nola, by the way. But over Herrera, to me, if I'm looking at marketing guy for the next 10 years, it's, it's Hoskins. So, anyway, um, great Phillies discussion, my man. Fantastic. And if you've got to get pumped up for these guys. Uh, people need have to be tuning in, watching, following this team. Yeah. Because you can't – here's the thing. I don't want to hear the excuse of, well, I'm the Sixers and the Eagles. Let me tell you the city that love like that all four teams have had success and all are beloved. What, you know what city I'm talking about when I say that? Boston, yeah. right? Celtics, Patriots, Bruins – and Red Sox have all had massive success for the last ten decades. Last ten decades. Last ten years. Last decade. Uh, ten well, decades. You, you, you could argue. Bambino. Yeah, but my point being, I mean, you gotta it's love. Literally hundred years ago, it's the curse started. You're right. You gotta yeah. love all four of your teams, oh, and yeah. you gotta be. You gotta be fully well, we engaged. Do. And it's just a dumb excuse that people aren't going to Phillies games. Right. Yeah. Stupid so, New Jersey's so fault. You want to be. You want to be what I believe, by the way, is the greatest sports town in America. Don't give me New York and L.A. Okay, that's because they have a lot of double teams. I don't. That, that's bullshit. No, it's BS. You want to compete with Boston and Chicago because Chicago, you got to put Chicago up there, right? You be with those Chicago's great. As as big. And this is, by the way, would be a great podcast to have. Name the best sports town in the best sports towns in America, but you have to factor a number of teams. Well, ESPN did this. They did Title Town. Remember that? You were Title yeah, Town. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And they ballot stuff that random town in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, the weird thing is like, like you know, the Packers are beloved. 
Green Bay only has one team. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, great. It's easy when everybody can root for one organization. Well, your favorite state, they, I mean, they just use Milwaukee and, and Green Bay, both in the state of? Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Oh, I got you. <laughs> no, but, but my point being, great inside do you want to be considered? Listen to us when we talk about football. You, you have to consider Philadelphia as one of the best sports towns in, in America, right? Right, I would. I mean, I love Philadelphia. But but, but no, but just objectively, four sports, all four beloved. There's like hockey is where a top hockey town. To me, it's the bottom half teams that are have to be the most right. So NHL is normally the fourth of all the teams. Hockey's way up there on that list here. There's a huge Flyers following. Oh yeah, we're like a top five all time organization. If you go to most shore towns, like beach, yeah. There's no ice there except for what you're cooling your beer down with. And there are flyers, banners Everywhere. all over the place. Right, right. The orange, the orange and black is a big thing. Yeah. So, like, and, and think domestically for just a second. Domestic, because Canada is a different animal. So, domestically, flyers, maybe Detroit. Yeah, the Red Wings are pretty big. The Blackhawks are. Blackhawks and maybe the Bruins. I would say the I, Bruins right. and the Blackhawks are the I, two American yeah. teams that are Historically, probably. Historically. Now. A lot of now, its history. They've also won. To, I hate titles. to say it, you got to include the Rangers in Pittsburgh in there. But you could consider the I'd Flyers. I put the Penguins above, above the, the Rangers. Rangers. Oh, definitely. Definitely Look, I above hate, the Rangers. You know, my, I, you know, we share the same. We hate the thing. Penguins. But but we Mario Lemieux, Yamir Yager, Sidney Crosby. I put Crosby. the Devils above the Rangers. Yeah, I Devils agree with fans that. Are I agree with that. Fans. That being said, so once again, Blues. I put the Blues up there big. Really? Yeah. So I, the I, Zer- St. Louis people love their teams. No, no. Okay, fine. Yeah. But once again, you got to compare it to the other three teams in the town. So, like, my point being is this. You can't let one... If you want to be the greatest sports town in America... Yeah. You, sports in America, you can't let one team fall by the wayside. And I'm not saying we've let the Phillies fall by the wayside, but relatively speaking, you let them... You can't let them... You want to be title town in 2020, 2021, you got to have all four teams on your belt. you got to be following all four teams. you got to be going to all the games. So, my opinion... Philadelphia needs to support this baseball team because they're leading the NL East and their future could not be brighter. No, I love it. I yeah. love that take because attendance is going to go up, though. I don't think it's an issue now. I think it's something where, just like when we first started to come back into prominence, the Phillies did, that it's just tough. Yeah. It's tough that it's the summer. Right. Baseball's weird that way. It's not like we have... Because we have shores accessible, but, but I know yeah, we but, need to wrap up. So no, I, but to me, like I'd love to see the TV numbers because I go to the shore and we watch. Yeah, we watch the baseball games at night. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Oh yeah, is watching the Phillies play down at the shore. Yeah, like and I once again, I know I'm not there, but my support's there. Right, yeah, that's actually a really good point. If you add like whatever Nielsen love numbers to plus see the viewership. attendance, well, the Phillies we talked about this before. They have great road numbers. Yeah, so yeah, they do. We'll see. But I know we need to wrap it up. I know we wanted to quickly talk on free agents and trades from the other sports. We, well, I mean, uh, JVR we, came back. We're both love pumped. it, love it. By the way, I went to, don't, to Toronto. Don't think of the JVR move like just another Flyers move. This guy is still young, had a career year last year. This is not Vinny LeCavier. This is a guy in his prime. You can say we're writing a wrong or fixing Huge. a mistake. Huge. He fits in so perfectly on that second line to me. Yeah. Like, like this is a great move. And you get a healthy Wayne Simmons, a couple more prospects come up and kind of unfold. To me, you've got you've got the a potential. Flyers prospects is a podcast in and of itself. Yes. Which is coming. What they've been doing 
We should actually in like September have a. Oh, we do a fly, Of course, we do a flyer yeah. something. But they, uh, no, I mean like just like on tr- training camp. Oh, the gotcha. development camp. All the news coming out of it. It sounded like just wartime propaganda of all like the, <laughs> the pro prosperities that came yes. from it. Um, I know that's a little bit of a yeah, loaded I, comparison. Yeah, that's right. right. To and we'll get that. You, you, you so mentioned Kawhi going to Toronto. Complete shock. Yeah, complete shock. I, I think people are a little too sour on the on the Sixers. I know we didn't get the big fish, but once again, this is a team rising. This, oh, yeah. this isn't a team oh, that yeah. has risen. The team is so, not in is not right, in the dumps. Right, this not is, in the dumps. Right, like so. Toronto making that move is because they've peaked. Simmons and Embiid have not peaked. Dario Sarge has not peaked. Markel Fultz clearly hasn't done anything of value. So don't be too disappointed in this. Yes, it's a sl- you could consider it a minor setback, but. The needle doesn't move a lot for me. The, the Celtics are still the team to beat, by the way, in oh, yeah. my opinion. Oh, easily. So, but but still we're still young. So you can't – here's the thing. Don't – I'm okay with what happened. If Kawhi had been willing to re-sign, which, by the way, reports did say that the only Eastern Conference team he was going to re-sign with, if, it, if L.A. didn't offer him a deal, was the Sixers. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Really? I did not hear that. Once again, I think the Sixers made a good decision. I love him. I loved Le- Le- Kawhi till this year, but I think they made a good decision. Yeah, I'm happy that LeBron didn't come here in my own way. I'm disappointed because I think it'd be a great move, but I'm happy that he didn't go to like he didn't stay in Cleveland. Is what I'm saying. I want to rephrase that. If sure. he's going anywhere, go west. Because quite frankly, that Warriors dynasty is still as strong as ever for getting Boogie. So let him go get torched out there by the Warriors, the yeah. Rockets, the, the Trailblazers, the the Jazz, the Nuggets, the the. The, the Pelicans still have Anthony Davis. Anyway, yeah. I digress. So the last thing I want to ask you before we wrap, completely wrap yeah. things up. British Open starts in like two hours. We're finishing this up at like 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. Yes. Who you got? You saw Phil chip that ball over that guy, right? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Watch it. Pretty awesome. I, this is like a hard question. Yeah. Because golf's never had more parity in a good way. Very uh, good way. P- kind of a good way, although you can't have too many guys winning. Oh, yeah. Nothing against Brooks Kepka, but he needs to perform at another Open, uh, another thing, other than U.S. Open. Right, right. Although, if he keeps winning every U.S. Open, it'll be a yeah. cool story. So, well, he could be like Tom Watson of the U.S. Open, yeah. basically. I want to pick my boy, Jordan. Yeah. But I can't. I just I don't think he's, he's not had a good 2018. By the way, that's exactly what he would want, right? Although I think his eyes are set on that bigger prize, the Grand Slam. Yeah. So I'm going to take my guy, other guy, the guy who deserves a major, and that's Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Damn it, you took mine. Oh, you can pick Damn him it. too. It's fine. Yeah, I'm taking Ricky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. I. We, I, we really do agree. Too he much. just, but he does. First of all, he's played really good golf. The only issue is that it's baked the fuck out. Yeah, I know. He's a decent putter. He's a decent chipper. By the way, that's who I think is going to win. Do you know who I want to win? Tiger? Oh, yeah. Hank Haney said it. Every major. Hank Haney picked him. I want him. I want. So what I what I want in golf is is a Tiger Woods and a young guy, preferably Spieth, to rise to the top of the cream and battle every major together. Like, that would be amazing to me. So anyway, I, I'm taking Ricky in this one, though. And it's tight because, quite frankly, I could see any of those young studs winning. Another guy I think could possibly do it is Hideki. You're, that's a great point. Hideki get, is yeah. so close to winning a major. The baked-out aspect, and there's a number of people that say that you need the experience of having won. Um, Hideki's an older guy. Do you know that it's 
if Jordan hadn't caught up last year, it's something like seven of the last eight. So it's currently six of the last eight Open champions were over 40. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's wild if you think about it. Well, I think compared to every other major, it, it, it requires a different craft. Cause it's a different, oh, it really does. It's basically a different... Obviously, every once in a while, they play in a game that... They play in a... Uh, oh, sorry, of course, here, that's a little different. But it, it's a different craft. It is. Gotta go play it sometime. Oh, my God. Don't. Thunder trip. <laughs> ride, ride the lightning. <laughs> but I think that's gonna do it for us. Yes. Matt, thank you for hosting me in your... Oh, absolutely. Can't wait for Thunder Cavern. One. Can't wait for... Thunder Cavern, there it is. Yeah. We'll be back at some point next week. I'm going to be away in Michigan. I know you're playing plenty of golf. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out probably towards the end of next week, so don't miss us too much. But as always, follow us on the Twitter, ThunderBLG on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports. Matt put up a nice one while we were recording of me looking, I don't know, panicked? Well, you were, the no, you were concerned. Concerned. Oh, that's a good way to put it. But yeah, make sure to follow all my frolicking in Michigan. Make sure to follow Matt around different courses. He's going to my home course on Monday on my birthday. Well, I thought you were coming with me, but I guess you're going to Michigan. I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's okay. But I think that's going to do it for us. What do you got? One last shout out here. Got to make it. The Commander-in-Chief, Chris Mariletti. Happy birthday today. Oh, yeah. You got it. Just got to let you know. Sorry. Mariletti, man. All right. One day we'll get him on here. We'll get him. He'll have no idea what he's talking about. Oh. But that's why I can't wait. Yeah. So anyway, I digress. Right. Thank you for thank you for coming over. Of course. That'll do it for us. Have a good night everybody. Subscribe on iTunes, five stars only. Peace.